Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, it was a fun opening day. I'm glad I got the positivity in last night because you wake up to the news, or at least I woke up, maybe people were already up, but I woke up to the news of Justin Verlander having to be put on the IL, and out the window went the positivity. But we'll get to that in a little bit, and we'll get to maybe the Rangers and Devils very uh, later on. We got a long show for you going until 5 a.m. But we begin with the local baseball teams doing what we kind of expected them to do. And in the Yankees' case, as they got the day started at home, Garrett Cole dominant. There is no doubt that Garrett Cole is underappreciated and undervalued by the New York sports fan. I mean, we've talked all the hype about DeGrom for years. Uh, By the way, we'll get to DeGrom, too, in a little bit. Anybody see what happened there in Texas? Hmm. We talk about DeGrom or Verlander or Scherzer, and people pick apart Garrett Cole because he gives up the home run, and that's a problem for an ace, right? I always used to talk about it, whether it's on different shows or social media, where for an ace, he gives up way too many homers. However, think of the last man standing. DeGrom, Verlander, Scherzer, Garrett Cole's the only one who goes out there every fifth day. He takes the ball, he takes the mound, and he goes out there and dominates as he did on opening day. And then, of course, what better way to start things off than Judge in his first at-bat hitting a home run? We wouldn't expect anything less. It's almost to a point where you, I mean, we we talk about, oh, he's not going to hit 62 again, is he? Well, you know what? He might. Maybe hit 70. Who the hell knows? But Yankee fans got their wish on opening day going out to the ballpark, seeing Judge homer, seeing Cole dominate. And it was nice to see Glaber Torres contribute as well as Glaber is a guy who's been involved, as you know, in many rumors. You know, we'll talk about Volpe or Peraza coming up. Well, where are they going to fit if you keep Glaber Torres? So Glaber was one guy's name that continued to, to be mentioned in the potential trade talks, and Glaber gets his season off to a good start with a two-run homer. So the offense, you know, with the power, which we know that's what makes the Yankees famous, their power. If you want to nitpick a little bit, the K's. They still are the Yang K's to a certain extent. 16 strikeouts up and down that lineup. That's not what you want. That's obviously not ideal. So there are concerns, of course, on opening day, but a feel-good opening day, no doubt about it, in the Bronx. And it was nice to see Volpe, too, just get recognized by the crowd. You know, I mean, you can tell that crowd. Look, you see it here. Everybody's talking about Anthony Volpe. It's become such a, a big story and a lot of hype around Volpe. But he didn't, and look, he didn't do much in the game, and that's fine. But the crowd was going nuts for the kid. 
And there's something to be said about, you know, the homegrown guys getting an opportunity at the young age, playing shortstop. Fans are smart enough to know, you know, this is not a Jesus Montero situation. This is not a Greg Bird situation. This is a guy that we all believe Volpe is going to be a stud because he's a ball player. So it was exciting to see the crowd really get into him as well. But just overall, look, one game, sure. But positive signs up and down, starting with Garrett Cole, who goes those six dominant innings, allowing just three hits, striking out 11. Starting with Aaron Judge, who homered in his first at-bat. And then you get a little power from Gleyber Torres. And that's kind of what the Yankees do. Okay, some night, some days somebody's going to look bad. You know, Stan's going to go uh, over or, or just, you know, and not show any power, whatever. And then another night, he's going to hit three homers and carry it. That's kind of what the Yankees do because they're built to hit home runs. And you hope that there's a little more balance with guys like Volpe and Trevino and LeMayu in that lineup. But generally speaking, we know what this team is. A power-hitting team that is going to strike out a lot. That was the other thing you noticed from the game. So many strikeouts on both sides. We know Cole dominated, but the Yankees, like we said before, 16 strikeouts from their batters. Um, you know, th- that's the one negative with the Yanks. And now the Yankees will enjoy an off day today. As it officially is now Friday here on the fan. So the Yankees will enjoy an off day today before resuming play this weekend. And who knows what the weather, but don't get caught up in that just yet. Now, as for the Mets... A similar type game as the Mets played to their strengths. A more maybe balanced lineup that can manufacture runs. You know, a walk, get a guy over, sack fly. Brandon Immo did have a big two-run double in the game. Lindor, McNeil each contributing with an RBI. McNeil, another couple hits. The dude is a legit hitman. I mean, he's the new hitman. Forget that Mattingly poster that you had hanging on your walls, Yankee fans, in the 80s. There's a new hitman in town, and his name is Jeff McNeil. Two outs, two strikes, runners on, doesn't matter. McNeil's going to put the bat on the ball and drive it around, and that's what he did yesterday for the Mets. So he continued what he did awful last year. Lindor looked good, both defensively, offensively, base hit in an RBI. Marte looked uh, refreshed in that lineup and healthy as he had a couple hits. But Nimmo was the guy I want to pinpoint here for a second before we get to the pitching. Nimmo is a guy. Now, look, I know you're not going to make much of spring training, right? But the one thing that I noticed during the play of the actual games, which are otherwise meaningless, was Brandon Nimmo. Now, Nimmo didn't play all spring, and when he did get back in the lineup, it was short-lived before he got hurt again. But when I went down there that Friday night before he got hurt, he had two at-bats, and he scolded both. He scolded the ball both times to a point where it got me thinking, like, normally, okay, well, whatever, a base hit, fine. You know, it happens. But he hit the ball so hard, squared it up, hit it so hard both times that it was eye-opening to me. And then, of course, he got hurt. You know, sliding into second base, and he was banged up. But Nimmo, so what does that mean? Well, nothing, but when you compare it now or you, you combine it now with what Nimmo did in the opener yesterday, again, smoking a baseball, driving in a couple runs, hitting one end of the gap, Nimmo has the potential to be an impact bat. That is something the Mets are lacking, right? We talk about them having a bat to protect Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. Well, Nimmo's not that bad to protect him, but he can be an impact bat and an impact offensive player without just the walks or getting on base, which I know he became famous for. Nimmo's a guy who, if he stays healthy, I really believe 
will hit 20-plus home runs. Matter of fact, I believe Brandon Nimmo is going to be an all-star this year. As long as he could stay healthy, Nimmo was going to produce. And maybe he could be a difference maker in the Mets lineup where, all right, maybe they don't have the length that the or, or the you know the the sheer power that the Phillies or the Dodgers, Braves, whatever, given the Yankees, the powerful lineup, but they have the guys at the top of their order, their first five, consistent. And there's something to be said about that. Doing their job consistently. Really, just look at the Mets lineup. The one weakness is Vogelback, the DH spot. I mean, Narvaez is fine for catcher. Escobar for now at third. We'll see what he's got. Well, I guess left field too. Canna could be a little bit better. Their left fielder and their DH, maybe those are two spots they could upgrade. But focusing on Nimmo, a guy who signed the big contract in the offseason, you know, like Aaron Judge, obviously Judge got way more, but Judge trying to live up to that contract on day one and his first at bat, he hits a home run. Nimmo on day one, opening day of you know, opening day of this 2023 season after he signs that contract. And he talked about it even before, during the spring, talking about how he didn't want to go to the WBC. He wanted to make the Mets a priority. Make sure he does everything he can to be healthy and go out there and compete for the Mets. And he did that on opening day, driving in three runs. And I really do just believe that Nimmo's about to take another step. He was a solid player last year. He's been improving throughout his career and became a solid player, a very good defensive player as well, which that was something that early on I never thought Brandon Nimmo would be good defensively. He's turned into a solid center fielder defensively. Still not an ideal center fielder, but a solid center fielder nonetheless. But offensively, I do think Brandon Nimmo is ready to make an impact this year. And lastly, you know, Max Scherzer, he went six innings, much like Cole. The difference is Scherzer gave up the lead. Scherzer did what Cole usually does, give up a game tying two-run homer. And instead it was Scherzer, you know, it was Cole who dominated cleanly through his six, and Scherzer giving up a home run to the one guy you can't let beat in, you can't let beat you in that lineup in Garrett, uh, Garrett Cooper. And you look at what Scherzer needs to be now, especially with Verlander out. We'll get into Verlander in a little bit. But that is not the best of Max Scherzer. And it's game one, not a big deal. But you need more from Max Scherzer if you're the Mets. The good news in the pitching department, the bullpen. Scherzer gives up the lead. Mets turn it over to Drew Smith, Brooks Raley, David Robertson. All three of those guys lights out. And maybe the most important is Drew Smith, because without Edwin Diaz, someone has to step up. And you figure Raley, Robertson, Adovino, you expect to get close to what they've done throughout their careers. And those are three nice arms to have in the bullpen. If Drew Smith could come in and be a trusted arm, that will help out tremendously with Buck Showalter and his usage of the bullpen. You know, the, the one negative thing is I couldn't help but think, man, imagine they had Diaz. If they have Drew Smith, who could be an arm that could be trusted, along with Rayleigh, Robertson, Adovino, and Edwin Diaz, oh, man, you're talking about four, you're talking about five arms that you can trust there. But anyway, can't look back. Edwin Diaz is gone. He's done for the year. So it is what it is with the Mets bullpen. But I do think an encouraging day overall. Scherzer, eh, bullpen, very encouraging. And the offense, 
while we look at it as not a great strength of this team, even knowing the numbers that they put up last year, fifth offense, uh, fifth best offense in baseball, they did what they do. Grind out at bats, put the bat on the ball. No, oh, that's struck out five times. Now, again, and they were facing a Cy Young Award winner. Alcantara, I mean, the dude's a stud. Matter of fact, he only had two of the strikeouts. Anyway, the Mets, as a lineup, struck out five times. That's what they do. Put the ball in play. So it may not be powerful, but it's pretty balanced and effective. Uh, let's get right to the calls. Chris in Manhattan starts us off at 877-337-6666. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Good day. You and Big Zoo together. I like it. Yeah, um, we got Zoo filling it, in for Fleegs, yes. It, it was fun. Um, listen, man, agree with everything you said on the Mets. A lot of positive. I got to tell you, that McNeil contract might be the biggest steal that any club has ever done. What they signed that guy for, unbelievable. People don't realize you know, that was a steal. Yeah, well, McNeil, he's not going to get paid a lot because of his age, because he doesn't have the power, but I thought it was, you know, a little maybe uh, the deal favored the Mets where they got him a little bit uh, for a team-friendly deal, but McNeil gets security, so I think it's a fair deal uh, for both guys or for both sides. A couple couple things that, you know, you realize, man, I got to tell you, Lindor, shortstop, boy, is that guy smooth. Now we're going to start to see his athleticism even more without the shift, and boy, you hit something there, you just don't worry. That was beautiful to see. Some key hits, all the positives you said. I wanted to just ask you, man, did you see that ridiculous call with Alonzo on first? Yeah, and I still don't and know they, what it was about. I mean, they're talking about how Pete took his time to get back to first base. I mean, what? It was like two seconds. I don't know. And they, they were they were ripping the ump on the broadcast. That was a weird play, and that and that's the kind of those are the kind of little kinks they're gonna have to figure out with all this stuff because that was a strange thing to see. Yeah, I'll get into the pitch clock in a little bit as we go on here, but it was odd. And uh, I don't know if they were saying this on the broadcast or I just heard it in the SNY newsroom as I was watching the game, but you know, we were talking about how they're trying to speed up the game, which is why McNeil ended up being penalized because Alonzo took long to get back to first or whatever. But in the time that they could have just let that go as normal – and then Buck comes out and argues. I mean, you're probably taking more time with them trying to argue what the hell's going on here. Yeah, it's kind of counterproductive. But look, and like you said, seeing um, Marte steal that base, there's a lot of little positives. Of course, the Verlander thing, you know, we're going to have to tread the water with that. But all in all, a great day, man. And it's just awesome to talk baseball with you, man. Yeah, fun. And thank you for the call, Chris. Fun to talk baseball again after meaningful games. I can't say all in all a good day with the Verlander stuff. Because that bothered me. It's opening day. It's bad enough that the WBC or that Diaz got hurt in the WBC. That's bad enough. And then you're trying to put that past you. You're getting excited about opening day. And then you see the Verlander news. And, you know, it just, it ruins. It's always something. It ruins the good feel. Results-wise, great day for the Yankees. Great day for the Mets, getting wins on opening day. Two good teams playing two not-so-good teams. Maybe the Giants case, so-so Giants team. Marlins team is not very good. So we expected the Yankees and Mets to win, and they did, which is great. But I'm concerned about Justin Verlander. We'll get to that on the other side, 877-337-6666. 
66 is the number to call. Linda is calling from Forest Hills. What's up, Linda? Hi, Sal. How you doing? Good, Linda. How are you? Good, good. Um, not bad for our teams. Uh, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> what, the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to waste time on them. <laughs> um, it, was a, it was a good win. Yes, I'm concerned about Verlander as well. Um, that's not something you want to hear, especially when you had DeGrom going for Texas today. And I won't lie and say that I wasn't a little pleased that he got lit up. Right. Yeah, but, yeah uh, no, I, I watched that game too. Um, and I'm not going to say I was rooting against DeGrom, but I wasn't rooting for him. No, I wasn't. Exactly, exactly. Um, but the difference is I didn't catch the final score of that game. But they did score runs for him, unlike this team. Yeah, well, right. That was always an issue with the Mets and, uh, and DeGrom, the lack of run support. So they took him off the hook, of course. As exactly. Texas, yeah. Texas exactly. bombarded the Phils. Exactly. Um, Jeff McNeil is just so clutch. If in a big moment, he's the one you want at the plate. He's just very clutch. And that ball was so well placed. I actually, if I was like in mid-season form with my my cheering, it was it was great to see. And Lindor in the field, awesome. Yeah, awesome. I mean that's one of the strengths of Lindor. And thank you for the call, Linda. One of the strengths is his defense. And now we're going to get to see it more often because of the shift being banned. You, you forget. I know you know people get caught up in the fantasy numbers and power numbers, and that's what it's all about. But you want well-rounded baseball players. Francisco Lindor is that smooth at shortstop. I mean, how many years do you have to watch guys who didn't belong at shortstop in the big leagues with the Mets? I mean, when they got his Drupal Cabrera, it was a nice upgrade at shortstop for a while. And he was toward the end of his career. But at least it was a real big league shortstop. Wilmer Flores, Ruben Tejada. These guys weren't major leaguers, certainly not at shortstop. You know, Flores, I know offensively he's been an okay major leaguer, but not defensively at short. doesn't belong anywhere near that. Anyway, I'll get to Verlander on the other side. We'll continue with your calls as well. Yankees with a big win. How many home runs will Judge hit? I think he's going for 80. Garrett Cole, though, needs to be appreciated a little bit more. And overall, I think you have to be more encouraged by the Yankees, but I will say that certain things... You know, especially coming off of, we know what the Yankees are, right? Striking out a ton. So coming off of a year where they struck out way too much, and then you see it again on opening day, like this is what they are. And is that okay? I mean, is that something that in the postseason is going to, again, get exposed? Or the Yankees will be able to change up? Really with them, it's about the same thing. What will they do offensively in the postseason? But you got to get there first. And both teams well on their way with a win on opening day. 877-337-6666. I'll get to Verlander on the other side, plus your calls, Salicata on the fan. Verlander, here's the issue. The Mets can paint it any which way they want, calling it very minor, saying this, this is the same stuff that I heard with DeGrom for years. Oh, it's minor, no big deal. If it were a meaningful game, he'd be pitching today. Yeah, okay, blah, 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 blah. He's still throwing, so it's not a big deal. Nonsense. He's 40 years old. It's a big deal. Oh, the doctor said my arm looked like it was a 20-year-old arm. Yeah, that's great. Your body is 40 years old. Things start to break down at 40. Unfortunately, I found out myself. 
firsthand. So I'm not saying he's going to be out an extended period of time. I'm not saying the Mets are lying. I'm saying there, there is reason to be concerned. Just like I was concerned after the last couple of spring starts where he couldn't throw strikes for Orlando. He was walking the ballpark, and I was thinking, well, this is not good. Verlander walking, guys? What the hell is that about? Well, now we know. He's got some sort of an issue. Not feeling right. And when you bring in a guy like Verlander to replace a guy like DeGrom, the biggest advantage that the Mets were supposed to have in that replacement or in that matchup is that Verlander was supposed to be durable or at least more durable than DeGrom. And yet, DeGrom took his start, at least for for now, and Verlander's not going to be able to make his, probably the first couple. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, DeGrom's got some other issues. Three and two-thirds, five earned runs, six extra base hits, the most he's ever allowed in a start. So he got lit up. You know, Remember, that was the other concern with DeGrom. It wasn't just about his health. It was about, okay, do you think he could be healthy? And then second, what type of performance are you going to get from Jacob deGrom? Because there were, he was not, when he came back last year, he was not the lights-out deGrom that we remembered. So we didn't know if he would be healthy or if he would perform like he did when he won, you know, when he was the most dominant pitcher in Major League Baseball, one of the most dominant in Major League history for those two seasons, two or three seasons. And off to a very, very rough start for DeGrom. Anyway, not about him. It's about Verlander. And that's a big issue for the Mets because now, much like the Yankees, they're down some starters here. And the difference is the Yankees have the bats to make up for it. I'm not so sure the Mets do. At least not at this point. Tyler McGill, who had an opportunity to, to take a starting spot, didn't get it. He lost it out to David Peterson. But now he's going to be replacing Verlander. So the Mets already, to start the year, lose Quintana, lose Verlander. Two of the three that they brought in to start the year are out. Knock on wood, let's hope Kodai Senga makes the start and stays healthy. By the way, of the three, there were more injury concerns about Kodai Senga than the other two. So already down Quintana for a while and already down Verlander for hopefully a short period. Not a good, not a good thing to hear on opening day. 
I know they went out there and won the game, but it's not a good thing to hear on opening day. 877-337-6666. Pat is calling from East Islip, New York. What's up, Pat? Hey, Sally. How are you, buddy? How are you, Pat? What's on your mind? I'm doing good. I had to call you when you said uh, take down a Don Manley poster. Oh, I, I mean, had a Don a Manley poster. Yeah. He played 14 years. He better 307, right? Mm-hmm. McNeil's a good hit. I'm not taking that away from McNeil. McNeil's got to keep that up for the next nine years before I take that poster down. Yeah, I I'm mean, not going to be that guy. Oh, yeah. No, I was just joking. I mean, I was just joking around, Pat. I know. I, yeah. I know you are. And I, I get I, it. And I, I loved, I, you know, even though I'm not a Yankee fan, I still loved, and thank you for the call, I still loved that poster, the Hitman poster. I remember my Yankee fan friends having it when I grew up. And I actually uh, loved Don Mattingly, even more so as I got older and appreciated looking back. But you have to remember, for somebody like me, and I'm not sure how old you are, Pat, but I'm assuming we're close in age, just based off of, you know, what you're saying about the Hitman poster, that Mattingly was one of the guys. So if you're collecting baseball cards like I was in 85, 6, 7, 8, I mean, Mattingly was always a guy that you wanted to get and a guy that you wanted to watch. So I joke around about it, and I know it's, you know, tease Yankee fans a little bit there with the Hitman stuff. It, it touched a nerve, but it was done by design, just to mess around with you a little bit. But McNeil has been a hitman. Now, not to compare him to Don Mattingly, because he's not the player that Don, Manning, uh, Don Mattingly was. He never will be. But he is one hell of a hitter. The guy is a hit machine. Chris is calling from Carmel, New York. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. How are you, man? Good, Chris. How are you this morning? Uh, for a change, I'm not going to talk football. Uh, yeah, I watch both games. Uh, you know, it's like with football. I don't root against the Yankees. Uh, I'm a New York guy, but I'm a real big Mets fan. But I watch both games. I think it's one of the best games I ever saw a Cole pitch. You know, I, I questioned after the first couple of years, despite what he did. You know, I always had the feeling like, man, maybe New York's bigger than him. He, he didn't feel like that one, that dominant one. And, man, he looked like it yesterday. My, can and, I tell you my favorite start from him? It was the one, it wasn't last year, was it? Or two years ago. When was the one before the All-Star break against the Astros? Was that two years ago now or was that last year? Jeez, I don't even remember. But it was a do- – I don't know. It was after the spider tech stuff. Um, remember, because he, he had issues after the initial spider tech stuff. Yep, the spin rate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he was having issues after that. And he went out there and stuck it to everybody with a dominant performance against his former club going into the All-Star break. That, to me, was his best start. But, yeah, I mean, this was a great start. He was dominant. Yeah, so let's get to our Mets. Um, I'll tell you, you know, like you said, the way they're built, um, and we had talked about this, uh, I think, after I, you know, kind of stumbled on you on a baseball night. Um, you know, I, I think those contracts from McNeil and uh, Nimmo, like what the Giants have done in the offseason, went so under the radar. And you watch the two of them. They're both professional hitters. Obviously, McNeil a little better. But, you know, uh, Nimmo, I just feel like he's that spark plug. They were playing station, station to station. And I think, which is underrated, I was watching it. You know, uh, remember the, the complications between he and Lindor and the mm-hmm. raccoon thing? Sure. Man, they look slick. They turned two double plays. And Lindor on both of them was past second base, backflipped it, and then McNeil pivots and rifles it. I mean, they just looked in midseason form to me yesterday. And, uh, you know, the last one was... You know, I'm disgusted with the WBC and the DS thing, and we don't have to get into that. I know right. where you stand. But uh, that, that bullpen combination, and, and I thought it was Raleigh, and I hadn't seen him and what Drew Smith did. Robertson, I remember from the Yankees. I think they faced 11 batters. They struck out eight of them. You know, so you got that, you know, that Diaz, it looked different, but you got those two strikeouts per, 
you know, three batters out of that, that bullpen combination. It was just refreshing to watch. It was more fundamental baseball. You know, Alonzo didn't really do anything. They don't have anybody else who's going to yank it out of the yard. But, man, they looked just solid. It looked like, you know, I was watching like a baseball clinic, it felt like. And, and the, kit, the catcher, Narvis. I was watching him frame pitches. I haven't seen a catcher frame pitches like that. Narvaez, yeah, he's, he's going to be an upgrade. I will tell you, Chris, maybe similar to what you're saying, I forgot how good the Mets were. I know that may sound silly, you know, because we watched them the entire year last year, but the way that it ended was so – it left such a bad taste in my mouth getting swept by Atlanta, going meekly in the first-round series against San Diego – I forgot how good a team this Mets team is. And even though they don't have the biggest names on paper in that lineup, they're good. They play baseball well. They put the bat on the ball. They work pitchers. They didn't strike out, as I said, five times as a team in comparison to 16 for the Yankees and the Giants. And Marlins struck out, I think, 12. So you look at the four teams that we watched, the Mets struck out the fewest by far with only five. And they play defense. And I think you bring up an excellent point that – at the time, after that whole rat and raccoon thing, I didn't think there was any way McNeil would be on this team, let alone be a second baseman. If anything, maybe third base or left field. But they've gotten over that issue. And to the Mets' credit, making it work. And to those guys' credit, making it work. And now they are a very good double play combo. No, no, yeah. And then thank you for the call, Chris. I was waiting that one out. I had a feeling that he wasn't going to respond, but I was like, oh, let's just see just in case. I mean, I probably should have hung up on him anyway, but what the hell? It's the overnight. We got five hours. Eh, maybe he's got another point or so. Well, I'll just continue to keep talking to myself, I guess. But, no, it is a big point about McNeil and Lindor playing defense well together because I thought that that relationship was done. You know, the Mets are going to favor Lindor because he's the big money guy and, you know, maybe McNeil's rubbing him the wrong way, whatever issues there may be. I, I thought for sure – they were going to move, try to trade McNeil or at least have him play third base. And I was dead wrong because last year, you know, I thought maybe Escobar would be at second base. Last year they came out, Buck said, no, McNeil's going to be my second baseman. Obviously, Buck knows a lot more than I do. He made the right decision. See, what also, make Buck, what also makes Buck great is his ability to identify the strengths of each player. Knowing that, no, McNeil, while he could play third, while he could play left, he's most valuable to me at second base. And and so on. You know, I'm not saying he's making every decision like that, but that's where you get Buck. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing with the lineup. He knows what he's doing putting these guys in the positions they are. When he used the bullpen, Buck knows what he's doing. And I think that's part of it, too, with the McNeil decision from a year ago. Mike is calling from Freeport. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal. How are you? Big fan. How are you, Mike? Good, good. Listen, Don Manley is a Yankee jinx. Everyone gives him credit. What did they win when Don Manley was no, but a he was player? No, but he's a great player. He's a great player. Not knocking that. But he never won anything with the Yankees. They were in the slump from, what, 83 to, to 90-something with, with Don Manley, he is a Yankee jinx. Right, but it's not his and, fault. I mean... No, not at all. Of course not. But, but then why would you call him a jinx? jinx. Uh, you just... Why, you, why do you hate Don Manningly so much? What did he do? Manningly catching strays <laughs> this evening. I don't I don't hate him as much as I just say he's overrated. That's all. He was a great player, but he was not the Yankee savior. Well, no, no but nobody said he was, and thank you for the call, Mike, and I do appreciate your support. Manningly 
was a great player. Now, unfortunately, he leaves. The dynasty is born. I do not think the two go hand in hand. I feel for Mattingly because he missed out on all that success when he deserved it. But it's not, come on, you can't blame him. Mattingly's not a jinx. Kevin is calling from Oyster Bay. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's up, Sal? How are you, Kevin? Great, my man, great. And thank you for the call, Kevin. It's going to be a long day. That's the Buchanan guy. It's going to be a long night. You know what's okay about it, though? Because I got a lot of two to fives next week. You know, the shorter 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., so I'm okay with it. We'll, we'll suck this one up. We'll be able to plow through, get through Friday. I mean, I thought it would be more fun recapping the baseball, but it seems we're off to a slow start here. I'm not sure what happened. I mean, do we not talk enough sports on this station? Mets and Yankees are back. Let's go, guys. I mean, even the Rangers had a big game last night. And there was unfortunate Knicks news that took place. Maybe we'll get to that on the other side. But your calls are welcome. 877-337-6666. Sal on the fan. Yankees, Mets, both get the dubs on opening day. Yankees will be off later on tonight. See, that's the only thing I hate about opening day is that generally the day after, you know, all the buildup, all the excitement, generally the day after is an off day. The Mets are lucky that they're playing, or Mets fans are lucky that they're playing in Miami, so there's no threat of a rain out there, so they can play in consecutive days. Matter of fact, the Mets are going to be playing, I think they said, what, eight straight days to start the year with the four-game, is it four, eight or seven? It's a four-game series of both? i got to get my schedule out. No, uh, it's eight with the home opener. Or, oh, eight with the home opener. Right. So it's four with Miami, three with the Brewers, which makes sense, and then Thursday the home opener. Thank you, Zoo. So that's why it is eight straight days to start the season for the Mets. And I love that because we have baseball we know for the next, you know, now after opening day, the next seven nights. The Yankee fans get all that excitement. You get the one game in. It's great. And now you have to sit there through an off day tonight. I hate that. It's one thing I didn't like about opening day. Will you be at the home opener zoo? I'm assuming you're going to the Mets home opener. Oh, I'll be over there. You didn't How go about the, you? Did you? No, I'm not. I got to work. You didn't no, go to the Bronx today, did you? No, no, no. Yeah, look. It, oh, what do you mean? No way? You wouldn't go? What if they said Bro, free? the Bronx, that might as well be Canada, man. I know. It's hard getting there. Uh, at least from where I am. It, it's tough to get there. Yeah, and I'm in Queens, bro, so it, it's not it's not easy for me. I mean, I was working, so there's just no way I could do it. But if I did get invited, like, I know a fan has a lot of tickets, right, to a suite or whatever. Like, you know, if they ask me. Bro, if it's know. free, it's for me. That's yeah. what I always say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, too? 877-337-6666. David is calling from Howard Beach. What's up, David? How you doing, Sal? Uh, nice to speak to you again. Um um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Mets today. Uh, it, it was a great opening day win. Um, it, it really was. But, um, you, you know, I, I, Scherzer, I know he's our ace, and um, him and Verlander are our uh, de facto, you know, uh, 1A, 1B. Uh, but Verlander getting hurt, uh, it, it's another thing. You know, typical, typical Mets, uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, orange and blue curse, or whatever you want to call it, you know, it, it's just the like baseball the, gods are doing us wrong again. Uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 never, it never fails. So, it, and and it's kind of it was another thing because you know, uh, Diaz getting hurt in the WBC. Honestly, the way he got hurt, 
it could have happened during during the regular season. So I'm happy it happened d- during that time because now he has more time to re- um to recover and and whatnot. But um, you know, it, it's just like oh my goodness, like um, you know, uh, Steve Cohen, uh, he put so much money and so much uh, you know, he, he tried so hard to, to to put a great team together. But the 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 our the what what our downside is that. We we have uh, a lot of older guys in our team that that we depend on, which is Sir Scherzer, Verlander, uh, you know the older players, uh, you, you know um, mm-hmm. that 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 we really rely on. And and it, 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 I mean, it it's, really, part, well, it's, it's, it's part of the problem, David. It's part of the problem. And thank you for the call. When you are relying heavily on two older guys atop your rotation. You know, my first thought, well, actually my second thought, because my first thought when I saw it was, you got to be bleeping kidding me. I can't take it anymore. Not bad enough that they lost Diaz for the entire year. You got to lose Verlander on the IL to start the year. Like, couldn't they wait till today to announce that? Did they have to say something on opening day? And I get there's no good time to announce it, and he's supposed to start Saturday, so you got to make that decision. Whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, Come on. You're trying to get excited about opening day. Mets fans are just still recovering from the Diaz news, and then you hear Verlander on the IL. That's what people call the LOL Met moment. It never fails. It's always something. And I'm not blaming anybody. It's not ownership. It's not Billy Epler. It's not Verlander. It happens. But why does it continue happening to the Mets? I don't understand it. It's infuriating. But the second thought after my initial anger and frustration was the Mets need to develop pitching here. This is a problem. You know, if Peterson and McGill aren't going to be mainstays, and I know they got some young guys in the minors, but most of their top prospects are position players. They need pitching. They're, I mean, they're in trouble here, even just moving forward. Forget about just this year. We're talking about moving forward as an organization that's trying to have sustained success. Jimmy calling from Manahawk in New Jersey. What's up, Jimmy? Hi, Sal. How's it going? How are you, Jimmy? I'm I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm down in Manahawk. I can't wait till the weather gets better. Uh, The Yankees, I like this team, Sal. You know, and I think they got something when when Vader comes back. Him and and, and Volpe is going to be a good combination on the bases. I, I think they'll be able to steal bases. The team is a good team. Uh, Judge cracked a home run. It was like almost like a right-handed Mickey Mantle swing that he swung today. I dumped it. I don't think he got on. I mean, I should have known that something was up with the voice. That's it. We got to – I mean, this guy's got to get alive. I thought we made up and had a good – uh, rapport after the initial um, pranking, and that's it for this guy. He's a loser, bro. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Thanks, dude. He that's the second time he's called, and he calls every night. Usually, I let him go with it, but now he's trying to prank again, and it's just annoying, dude. Oh my god, I should have known. Been doing him. the same thing since, bro. You were probably listening, right? Oh, since I was uh, screening calls for sure. And we're talking about twenty years. Twenty years. I'd like to know what he does with his life. That 20 years, like find something new. And by the way, you did it the other day. I think we dumped it too, but even if you let it go, it's fine for once. Now it's time to move on. And bro, he calls up from different numbers now. 
Yeah, I know. I don't know how that. How, how do you do that? What does he have? Burner phones just to call? Got him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow is right. Matt is calling from Berkeley Heights. What's up, Matt? It's an honor to talk to you tonight, to be honest. Uh, big fan of yours. Um, well, thank you, I Matt. must have to say, <laughs> appreciate you. Uh, I have to say, uh, very impressed by the Yankees win today. Um, to be honest, I grew up a town over from uh, Anthony Volpe. I uh, heard a lot about him. Um and saw him play in Somerset, the Somerset Patriots. About 20, 20 games I saw him play, and he is absolutely fantastic. I, I loved, love his enthusiasm playing for the Yankees, um, you know, kissing the NY during the roll call. That was really cool. Um, but I, I think this kid is a real deal. Yeah, I like, I'm not trying I, to get too, I like Volpe, too. I'm not too. trying to get too hyped up over him, but... One thing I will say, though, Matt, I don't – like, I know it's a nice story. I think too much is being made of where he comes from. Who gives a crap? Like, would you care if he came from, I don't know, another country and was still as good a player? I, I personally wouldn't. That's true. You know what no, I mean? I, I agree with you. But I get yeah, – and, and I'm not true. saying it's not a good story. I understand it. And it's feel good and it's local. But, like, I've never once in my fandom given a crap about where a player has come from. Well, Todd Frazier, like, big deal. Derek Jeter came from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Does it matter? No, he's still one of the greatest Yankees I've ever seen play in my life. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't get caught up in that, and I feel like it's overdone now with Volpe. Like, we get it. He's a local kid. We know where his family's from. His parents are doctors. Upper East Side. Like, I get it. Now can he, we just watch him play. I just want to see him play baseball. But I got you, and uh, I, I do think too, I, I do think Matt he is going to be good, though. I agree with you. I think Volpe is the the yeah, l- I, real I, deal. Like, like a lot of people say, you know, it's something that the Yankees need with some speed and and uh, you know some some average hitting. You know, like not trying to go for the home run, get the single, the double, steal some bases and whatnot. That's what the Yankees have needed for a long time. Right, and hopefully and, with Lemayhu back healthy, with Volpe in there, when Bader comes back, maybe those are things that those guys. Can do Oswaldo Cabrera. Maybe maybe those are things those guys can do um, in that lineup and provide a better balance, um, you know, as opposed to all the strikeouts and home runs in the lineup. That's correct. And I also have to say tonight, I am so proud of my New Jersey Double. Oh tonight. no, no, Matt. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. You're going uh, down in the playoffs. Fan. You know that. Get that win in. Get that no win in now. No way. Vitek Vanacek is a shutdown goaltender, and the defense will play up to the game, and we have a legitimate top six. Yeah, I mean, look, the Devils are good, and it's going to be one hell of a series if they meet. And thank you for the call, Matt, and we appreciate your support. The Devils yeah, the Devils might take first place, and it'll be the Rangers and Canes in the 2-3. And then maybe the uh, maybe the – you know, maybe the Devils can uh, meet the Rangers in the next round. We'll find out how that goes. But right now, um, I can't dispute how good the Devils are. However, I do not believe that they will beat the Rangers in a best of seven. I just don't believe it. They're good. The Rangers are better. Despite what happened this regular season, despite what happened last night, Rangers are better. Eli is calling from Lakewood. What's up, Eli? Yeah, how are you, sir? 
I'm all right. You? Good, good. Well, now that we get that um, out of the way, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to talk about Glaber a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a little, he had some trade talks and stuff. He went out there today, performed well. He did. I just want to know what you think about Glaber being second baseman. Yeah, well, I mentioned that to start the show. First of all, I never thought the idea of trading Glaber. Matter of fact, dating back to last year, Yankee, I remember taking calls specifically, Yankee fans saying, ah, we got to trade Glaber. I was like, what are you out of your mind? The Yankees aren't talking about or thinking about trading Glaber, and you can't do that. Meanwhile, they were. I was wrong. The caller was right in this particular case, or callers were right saying that the Yankees were maybe looking to shop Glaber Torres. I still think you got to stick with Glaber here. And yeah, he's, hope, he's just solid. Well, he's very solid. He's been disappointing, yes, but you got to hope that he can turn into what they expected him to be when they drafted a, or when they uh, traded for him a few years ago. So that is, you know, with, with Glaber Torres, he had the highest expectations where they were thinking he's going to be one of the better young uh, young players, maybe one of the young faces of the game, and he just hasn't lived up to that hype. Maybe this could be the year, maybe with the trade talks and all that, kind of lit a fire under him. Nice start for Glaber Torres. Yeah, and also uh, Oswald uh, Peraza, what do they do with him? I don't know. That's a great question, Eli, and thank you for the call. Because you cannot have, I mean, maybe next year you could have Peraza at short, Volpe at third, I'm not. I don't know how they're going to work it, but you can't have Glaber, Peraza, and Volpe while you have Josh Donaldson there. That's the issue. Which is why I think ideally, or maybe not ideally, but the plan for the Yankees was going to be Peraza at short. Volpe stays in the minors, gets a little more seasoning. And you have Glaber at second and Donaldson at third. And LeMayu, the DH, that could fill in all those spots. But Volpe took the job, and now you have Peraza down there. And I don't know what that means for his future. doesn't mean he's toast yet. But then that means that he would have to come up and play short eventually and move Volpe. I mean, unless you have Peraza, who is, by the way, supposed to be the better defensive shortstop of the two. That's why I say maybe him playing short. But... All right, maybe Volpe keeps that, and they move Peraza to third. I don't know. Is he going to hit enough to be a third baseman? To answer the question, I have no idea. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Whatever it is you want to discuss on this Friday morning on The Fan, baseball reacting to live baseball games. Yankees, Mets both win. There's some concerns still even in those wins. Mets with Verlander and his issue being put on the IL. That's a topic. We can get into DeGrom as well. On the other side, Rangers losing a tough one to the Devils. Hey, it happens. Get him in the postseason. Right now, let's get you updated. Here's Dexter Henry. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.